0: the network for the av industry what are you listening to this this is av
1: this this
0: this is is av nation
1: this is is av nation this is edtech episode 23 recorded tuesday december 10th 2013 i'm not a tech guy This is EdTech, the education-focused show, brought to you by the fine folks at AV Nation. I am Tim Albright. I'm your host. Uh, with us this month, uh, his name is Scott Tyner. Uh, roughly, he's the same temperature as I am in St. Louis, although he's in the great white north of Maine. How are you, brother? I'm doing great. Good deal. Uh, far across the fruited plain and about 50 degrees warmer, his name is Craig Brown, and he's from UCLA. How are you, sir?
2: Hello, guys. Hello, Tim. Yes, sixty degrees and sunny.
1: Oh, be quiet! And uh, last but not least, uh, Ernie Bainey, Bailey. Good Lord, Ernie Bailey from University of Arkansas, uh, where he's about thirty degrees as well. How are you, sir? Very good. I'm glad it's finally warming up here in Little Rock. This is very unusual for us. Well, yeah, you, you guys, you guys typically don't go down to to thirty, do you? Uh,
0: not this early in the year. We will in January and February, but.
1: Yep. I will say this, and I, I, I'm going to digress slightly. Uh, we'll talk about the topics here in a second. This is one of the neatest shows I think I've, I've done on EdTech, because all three of you are former uh, technology manager council heads. So thank you very much for, for joining <laughs> the, the peon of, of me. So Former? <laughs> Yeah, well, Greg, Greg still.
3: What is
2: Greg doesn't know yet. Greg, does, Greg didn't <laughs> get the email yet. Is there apparently. another memo man- 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 I didn't get?
1: Yes. Yes. I'm the new head. Thank you.
3: Oh. Uh,
2: okay. Hey, you know, that that and 375 will get you a cup of coffee at Starbucks.
1: Not in St. Louis, it won't. All right. Uh, we're going to talk about what you guys want for Christmas uh, from the manufacturers and or integrators. Uh, we're going to talk about a blog post. A bad blog post that I did, but it more of a question that I want to bring to you guys about manufacturers training uh, and also about uh, whether or not college students are willing to pay for um, let's say faster internet than they're than they're getting now. Um, I would also say more stable internet than they're getting now, but uh, we're gonna start real quick uh, with an article from higher tech uh, higher ed tech. Uh, decisions. Uh, Flipping the classroom to support multiple learning styles. It's it's, uh, written by a a, a very nice young lady, Chrissy Winski. She was on uh, AV Week a couple weeks ago. Talking about the various styles of learning, but also I'm going to take it a step further with her and say the various styles of technology. Scott, we'll start with you on this one. How, when you're designing uh, installs in rooms, how do you plan for, yes, the various styles of learning, but also the various types of technology?
3: Well, this has obviously changed uh, so much over even the past uh, year. So you know, we've gotten into class capture over the past year really heavy. We've gotten into um, bringing in people via Skype or, or Google chats into classrooms live. Um, we're, we're certainly um, doing the, the interactive clickers in the classroom. So we're doing wireless um, from from the students devices so all of this stuff has been a, a big change over the past year or two really for us so I think that it is um, is something that we constantly look at and what we try to do what we try to do with our faculty is talk to them and really understand what it is that they're trying to do to uh, change what the what the end result that they want is um, to make sure that we really build the room that way for them as opposed to using technology just to make um, our job or our install a little easier
1: so really it's about what their end game is how they want to teach and how they want the students to learn more than what's necessarily easier for you guys to install
3: yeah absolutely we we do a lot of customizations whether it's from a um, the touch panel interface the the programming interface the audio devices um, it's really about what the faculty are telling us they want to do or how they want it to look when they walk in
1: Okay, Greg. Same question to you. When you guys are designing your new installs, uh, and you've you've gone through some some technology uh, switcheroos uh, here in the last year or so, uh, how do you design for all the various um, all the various not only technologies but also how kids learn?
2: This is not something we're exploring very well here. Um, the various departments have, have are throwing various things out there the library just did a uh, one of the big libraries here on campus just did a big uh, upgrade with some uh, collaborative spaces but most of it's been kind of you know like throwing the what is it you throwing the spaghetti up against the wall to see if it sticks um, there hasn't been any sort of real good coordinated, uh, discussion, analysis, figuring out direct what direction we want to go. It's certainly nothing that has appeared in the classrooms. You know, we've been busy just just getting our initial install of equipment out there, uh, you know, first pass. So really what we've got in the classrooms is is annoyingly basic in most cases. And um, I, I think this is the direction we're moving, but, you know, God forbid we, we all get together and nice across departments around here some days
1: well and is that because we talked about before the way ucla is kind of, of, of built as far as management style and and hierarchical style you guys have several it departments you have several different av departments is that is that the reason there's no you know coordinated effort that i think that's in part there 34 it
2: departments and Jeez. uh you know all the, all the the major schools and uh and departments have their own it department um uh, AV, we're the biggest AV department, but you know the business school has their own AV, the law school has their own AV. Um, you, you know, you you give a department an apartment and an IT manager, and half of them think they're an AV designer these days. Um, that that that's part of it, and and we don't. Um, there, there's not a lot of top-down steering here. It's it's. Uh, another good example would be our classroom um, the, um, the what do you call it, the the, the, the program used in the classroom to, that everybody logs into to, you know, um, like Moodle and...
0: Learning Management System?
2: Yeah, Learning Management System. I knew somebody would come up with <laughs> the, the keyword and tricky phrase here. Uh, learning Management System. We have an official one for the school, but they don't make any of the departments use it. And in all of the departments, they don't actually make any of their professors use that particular one. So we're all over the map with learning management systems too. So uh, the, the way I've described it sometimes is we, we just don't like to interfere with the, the, um, the educational creativity that comes from having 200 departments charge off
1: in different directions and not talk to one another. So let me get this straight. The University of California system and the state of California is having financial problems. And you guys are out there buying 20 different learning management softwares.
2: Um, I can only speak for UCLA. I, <laughs> okay. think, I, I, I think there's, you know, signs of, of, of more intelligent life at some of the other UCs, fortunately. Oh,
1: don't be silly. It's California. There's no intelligent life out there.
2: Oh, you say about California, you take out all the fruits. It, it, California's like a bowl of granola. You take out the fruits and nuts, all you have left are the flakes
1: wow that's i've never heard that one very nice uh mr bailey back to you uh same question how do you design all, for all the various uh scenarios that not only students are, are expecting but also that the faculty are expecting
0: okay well uh tim fortunately ours is more of a top-down uh program we work through the office of the provost and uh through that we meet with the uh, deans associate deans and course directors uh, Who will be using the spaces and ask them, you know, what do they see as being needs of the faculty at the time? Uh, we also uh, started recently looking at what the accreditation bodies are requiring, uh, both what they've put in documentation for us and what they're requiring at other universities, uh, especially uh, academic health science centers, uh, so we can try to uh stay on top of what's needed and what's going to be required uh to keep the college moving forward. Mm, very good. Sounds like a very uh Greg, you might want to be taking notes here. So uh it, it takes sometimes two to three years from the time we finish the meetings with the deans before we get funding and then you know they of course expect the same budget numbers to work. Yeah. So sometimes that works, sometimes it doesn't,
1: so especially with budgets. Uh, yeah. Uh We went through that yesterday. Uh, All right, guys. Uh, Extron has a new amplifier. Yay! With enhanced performance. Uh, This comes to us from the fine folks at uh, avnetwork.com. Extron's MPA152 Plus is now available. Uh, It's a new quarter rack width stereo integrated mini power amplifier that delivers 15 whole watts RMS per channel. Uh, yeah, it looks like one of their other ones, but you know, that's not the, that's not the question that popped in my head as soon as I saw this. Uh, the question is this, if you've never used an Xtron amplifier, or you've never used a Crestron shade, or a Crestron occupancy sensor, or any of the number of the different ancillary, uh, products that brand X starts coming out with, because they think it'd be cool and neat and different. How do you justify that? How do you how do you spec that? How do you put it through its paces? Do you order a, a demo unit? Do you order one? You know, uh, and just you know, write it off as you know if it doesn't work and and chalk it up to to bad luck and and educating yourself. Or you know, do you talk to your reps? How do how do you guys do that? Ernie, we'll start with you. How do you how do you start uh, putting the the new products from different manufacturers through its paces? Uh,
0: well, there are several ways we do do it. Sometimes, yes, we'll ask. The manufacturer or uh, a rep, if we can get a demo unit, either for you know a a ninety day trial, or uh, sometimes they'll give us if it's a smaller unit that they think will be end up buying a lot of, they may give us one. Hmm. Uh, so we take it into our labs and uh, play with it, see what it can do. Uh, if if we can't do that, yes, we may purchase one, uh, you know one one of the device and just see how it works. If it works. Will incorporate it into a classroom. Uh, also, uh, I like throwing things out to several of the uh, tech manager listservs that are out there. Good point.
1: Good point, Greg. Same uh, question: How do you put things through its paces uh, if you've never used it before from a particular brand?
2: Uh, something like this, yeah. You, know, you know, something from Extron. I'm I'm pretty much ready to just buy and assume it's going to work the way they say it's going to work because you know, I've, I've got previous experience with their stuff and they're generally pretty good about this. Um, I have a bunch of these amplifiers. This this really isn't a new version. This changed the distortion level and it's they added in the auto power down, or a defeatable auto power down timer, so I'm almost suspicious there was some sort of problem with not having that out in the field somewhere. Um because otherwise it's the same unit I mean I, I, I'm familiar with it I've got a bunch of them um, work fine last a long time. I would have liked a little bit more power out of this one but you know little pieces like this we just we just buy them and uh, we'll prototype, you know this prototype rack right here behind me um, is, that, you know, is that what that is? <laughs> yes that is that is the that is, that is the build prototype for our, our latest uh, rack of uh, classroom. Uh, Of classroom racks and it's right next to the the build prototype for the second generation and as soon as we get the second generation installed they'll both be out of my office finally Mm -hmm. Um, I I learned yesterday we might actually do this over the break here so hey surprise surprise they may not be sitting here until next summer looks like I was beginning to expect by the way Um, you,
1: you guys have a different schedule when is your when is your Christmas break
2: I think uh, what the the twentieth okay. is our last day. That's not bad. And then we're we, we shut down for two weeks, and we're not supposed to be here. And then we come back for like a day or two before the kids get back.
1: Yeah, that's not bad. All right, uh, Mr. Tyner, how do you how do you start uh, specking and and, and putting uh, new products through their paces?
3: Well, I I think like Greg said, with something like this Xtron piece. Um, you know, it's, what, a 250 or so dollar yeah. amplifier. We would just buy that and use it. You know, it's really intended to stick up next to a TV to power a couple of speakers next to it. So it would have to work really bad not to do that well. <laughs>
2: um, <laughs> yeah. so. And, and ampli- an audio yeah. amp is kind of – an audio amp is an audio amp.
3: Yeah. Uh, but, you know, there's other stuff in, that we, we – and most of the time uh, we don't – we're. We don't get uh, demos of products. On occasion, we've gotten a couple demos, um, but we'll buy some stuff and and try it out and use it. I'm thinking of a um, directional speaker that we recently bought um, that we thought was going to work for our need, um, and it was a piece of junk, Uh, and they wanted to charge us a 25% restocking fee, and they didn't get the point that – it's not that we ordered it wrong; it just doesn't <laughs> work like they said it was going to. Um, but you know, you, you run into some of those things. And obviously, if we're talking again, that wasn't a ridiculously expensive product. But if you're talking about something that's you know, five, six, seven thousand um, dollars, you like Ernie said, you're going to ask around a little bit, let somebody like you know, with the money like UCLA, figure out whether it works or not. Um, and then once I hear from Greg that it works well, we'll spend our <laughs> our, our pittance of money on it.
1: Well, and what you have to do is you have to wait for all the other colleges within the UCLA uh, program to, to order one from different vendors at different price points. and It's, yes. it's
2: darn near the way it works out some days. All right. <laughs> uh,
1: this uh, this is from, comes from a blog post by Tim Cradle, and I hope I'm not mispronouncing his name uh, wrong. He poses the question, are college students willing to pay more for faster Wi-Fi? And I'm also going to put in there more stable Wi-Fi. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but but our campus uh, here at Lewis and Clark, they have put together over the last year. It was a big giant initiative: Wi-Fi everywhere, and we have nine different buildings. So it was not a uh, it was not an easy task. It was not just like one giant you know five story building. They've got several different buildings to to populate out. One of the biggest complaints and one of the biggest problems, uh, not only was speed but also stability through this through this process. Us being staff, understood what was going on. The students, however, did not. Uh, Greg, we'll start with you on this one. Do you think that that students and or faculty would, would be willing to to pay more or make less to, to have more stable or, or faster Wi-Fi on campus? Did, did you just say
2: nine buildings? Yes, sir. I right. have equipment in 22 buildings. We're and a those community are just college.
1: Building. We're a small <laughs> community college. Well, I know. I, know. I am nothing compared, compared to you.
2: Classrooms. I am nothing. No, we're, we're 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 a state school, so we don't have Wi-Fi everywhere <laughs> yet. Go. That that is still that's still a battle that's being fought because we um we we char- one department charges another, and we're fighting over. It. Last I heard, we're still fighting over who's going to pay for it, and so great, we'll put Wi-Fi there. Here's how much we're, we're going to charge you for it. Or at least that's what we're getting told last I heard. Wow. you know, And so it's, it's in a lot of places. Uh, it's in all the public eating areas and uh, those sort of things. And it's a lot of the cl- – oh, you can get Wi-Fi in a lot of the classrooms around here. I think that's the way I'm supposed to say it.
1: <laughs> Okay, Mr. Tyner, I'm not even going to go back to you, Greg. Mr. Tyner, do you think that You're students? You're learning. I am learning. It's only taken me a couple of years. Uh, you think students or faculty would be willing to to shell up and sh- uh, shell out some more money to for faster or more stable Wi-Fi?
3: So uh, first, all, I was just gotta say I love Greg Brown. A guy he cracks me up every every time. So uh, <laughs> yeah. so I have to answer this in two ways. First of all, you said. Would faculty be willing or staff be willing to pay more or make less? Or make less, No, yes. <laughs> no, under no conditions, <laughs> that acceptable. Now, the students, would they pay more? It's interesting. I don't hear issues from students as much about um, wanting faster wireless as much as they want more wireless and in more locations. And, and okay. Bates is, is pretty good. We're pretty close to ubiquitous wireless. Um, but Both that, buildings. I think, is this – Oh okay. <laughs> uh, no! I just meant all the floors of the one building. <laughs> um, but you know, it, it, it's a it's a never ending challenge to, to keep getting it out there and and to get you know, our library for example. You know, we only Greg we only have one library, uh, but you know, in in the evening that library, especially right now during finals, can have you know eight hundred to a thousand students in it. Uh, you need some serious wireless to support that kind of. Um, uh, student, you know, s- students in the in the library. Plus, considering they're probably carrying three devices, they're all on the wireless. Yeah. Um, so I think you know the, the fast goes along with the idea that it it's not faster to the internet as much as it's just more widespread uh, and, and and accessible. Um, so you think would they the, pay for it? Jeez.
1: So you think the, you know. think they're looking for more places, not necessarily for it to be faster connection.
3: I think that they're, they're looking for it to be everywhere like it is at their house, right? I go home and I can get it anywhere as I, I am. Um, and I think that when they talk about faster, I think you know, wireless is shared. And mm-hmm. so if there's you know, 50 people on one access point, you're, you're slower. So I think that they're asking for a faster connection to the wireless point. I don't think they necessarily need a faster connection to the internet though. Okay. Um, and, I, and at Bates at least, I don't think they're willing to pay for it. I think it's an expectation.
1: All right, Ernie, last, uh, you got the last word on this. Do, are you okay. know, the students at, at University of Arkansas willing to pay for this? Well, uh, we have for years had a
0: strong uh, wireless presence in all of our academic spaces, the, from the dorms to the classrooms, uh, any of the common teaching areas that we have. Uh, so that has not been an issue. We built a new active learning center where we, we put – uh class two hundred students in a very small space and uh like Scott said, you know, they may have two or three devices at the same time. So we put in a high density wireless system in that room. And we're able to take care of all their needs. We've counted, you know, several hundred devices online at the same time and uh no latency issues, no drop connections, mm-hmm. uh no students complaining about speed. So that's been that's been great for us. But uh the places that we're needing to uh, up it, uh, you know, we're a hospital as well, and the patient areas, and they're the ones, you know, the patient families are the ones that are really much, uh, screaming for more wireless, and we've been upgrading that space. But as far as the student areas, uh, we've had
1: wireless longer than they have. Oh wow! Okay, so very cool. Yeah, and I, I forgot, Ernie's part of the uh, the medical facility at, at University of Arkansas, and they didn't even talk about. The, uh, the, the patient area, so it's a whole other area you have to worry about that, that the three of us don't, so. Definitely. Uh, you are listening to EdTech. That gentleman right there is Greg Brown. Also with us is Ernie Bailey from the University of Arkansas and Scott Tyner. Uh, this time last year, we started a conversation. I don't even remember if there was an article associated with it, uh, but I wouldn't have it again because it is December. It's our December show. And the question is, how do you guys do preventive maintenance? Uh, a lot of our technology managers, Greg said that his his semester ends on the or his break starts on the twentieth. I think ours starts on the twenty third or something like that. But we've got about three to four weeks uh, between the time one one class ends and, and the next semester begins, whatever you call that next semester, whether it's spring or winter or what have you. So how do you do it? Uh, you know, at Lewis and Clark, we we take um, our our paltry you know nine buildings, and uh, and uh, we, we go through each classroom. And we have we have a checklist. Basically, it's, it's a it's a silly little, uh, you know, analog way to do it. But it's how it's how it works for us. So uh, and we, we go through the, the different systems and we make sure that everything works. We wipe down the, the, the projectors and stuff like that, blow out the, the filters, make, you know, check lamp hours and stuff like that. So uh, we'll start with you, Scott. How do you guys uh, do preventive maintenance? Or do you do preventive maintenance at, at Tyner? Or at Tyner, good lord! I just changed the name of Bates College at Tyner. Hey, College.
3: hey, that's all right. Nobody's <laughs> gonna nobody's gonna complain about that. Um, when I give my next million, it's gonna yes. be that anyway. Uh, so you know, we actually do um, less. Um, you know, quarterly or, or you know, biannual preventative maintenance than we used to. We we're fortunately at a point now where we have a staff that is extremely competent, um, and and where we've got appropriate amounts of staff. So we continue our preventative maintenance um, throughout the school year. You're, we are uh, changing, we're checking filters, we're changing lamps, we're keeping track of lamp hours, um, all through the school year. And somebody will say, you know, whenever somebody asks me, oh, I'm going to do a presentation in such and such a classroom. You know, have you tested that lately? I like to remind them I got tested eight times today alone. Um, and so mm-hmm. it, you know, it, it worked eight times today because yeah. <laughs> we didn't hear otherwise. <laughs> so, you know, if, if there are some rooms, if there's something big going on, we'll, we'll test out the room. But um, the other thing we've done is I've done a lot of work in getting um, our rooms to communicate with us electronically so that they tell us if there's a problem. Um, a lot of work with iPad control so we can, you know, sit down, and look at our iPad and tell what the status of rooms across campus are. We're spending our next couple of weeks on um, fixing and upgrading some of the issues that we found during the first semester.
1: Hmm. Okay, uh, Greg, do you guys what what in your you know twenty two thousand rooms that you have to manage? Uh, how do you guys do PM or, or do you do it?
2: I think it's a hundred ninety four right now, but it's a changing number. Um, Preventive maintenance, um, it it's like Scott. Mentioned, you know, it's it. They're used a dozen times a day, so that's that's largely it. But between that and 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 the control systems, we've got the money. You know, we've, we've got both global viewer and and room view to up online to a certain extent, and. Um, you know that helps us diagnose anything. Um, here over the break, there will be a little bit more work going on. Fortunate, nice. One of the nice things is, is it's not done by my group. It's done by a sister unit of ours, AV Services, the folks mm. that handle the portable equipment. They'll be going out and um, they'll, they'll be going out and uh, primarily doing things like. Changing bulbs in in uh, overhead projectors and cleaning overhead projectors, yes, but they will also be doing checks of uh, some of the other equipment in the room. Um, our biggest uh, generally, we know where things stand. Our our biggest effort right now is actually um, been more in shaming some of the the people who should be. Um, into keeping up the the um, the facilities end of things, we're having a big problem with, you know, broken chairs, broken windows, blinds hanging down, you know, all right. sorts of junk like that that is not getting fixed. Or you put in a trouble ticket and they sign it off as done, and you go back and it's not done. So that's kind of been one of our big efforts here. That's the sort of stuff that is more in the in the forefront of our attention right now.
3: Wow. Greg, when you say overhead projectors, you mean just the ones that are installed in ceilings, over <gasps> people's heads?
2: No, no, I, I, mean, <laughs> with the the lit stage and the mirror. Transparency
0: and... projectors, seriously? Yes. Oh,
1: wow! wow. And I've i thought got my, one of those left. I, I thought my VC. <laughs> I
2: I had one up, up an antique one up here on the on the shelf until recently, but. Um, Yeah, we still have those in a lot of places. There's not a lot of slide projector maintenance going on, but there are still a few slide projectors out there. You know, for those, you know, you'll pry the slides
0: out of my cold, dead hands crowd. I have one slide projector and one overhead projector for those people.
1: See, and yeah. I, I've relegated the the overheads to the department heads
2: <laughs> a couple have, have, years have ago. Have pointed out the the VCR and DVD combo decks in both of the brand new demo ra- or uh, prototype
1: racks here. Yeah, those are nice. That's yeah. sexy. Uh, yeah, yeah. Is that is that so you can watch the original Ghostbusters or the original Star Wars the uned- the unedited version?
2: Uh, you know hey because it's because there's some aspect that is it's different on the dvd i can't use the dvd i must use my classic videotape because i just can't teach
3: without it good luck using those vhs's with digital media systems
1: exactly yeah all right ernie uh you've got the last one on the on the pm how do you uh, at the university of arkansas do pm
0: uh, pretty much the same way everyone else has been describing. Uh, you know, we monitor, uh, through our room management system, uh, what needs to be done. But we do send, a, everyone as assigned a certain group of rooms to visit during the break. Uh, we don't shut down since we are a hospital as well. Uh, so I've got people, people on staff, uh, on site over the Christmas holidays and they go in every room and they push every button. They wipe down the lenses and... Make notes of what needs to be addressed, and then we get a team in to address it. Uh, make sure everything's in focus. Make sure that the projectors is reporting the same lamp hours through this display that is sending us through the uh, room management
1: system as well. Oh, very good. Uh, that's one thing that I don't think that we've checked yet because our room management software is not fully deployed yet. We've still got some, we've got some interesting network issues to to iron out still. So. Uh, last week, I spent uh, three or four wonderful days in Portland, Oregon. Uh, <laughs> not Portland, Maine. Like a buddy Dang. of mine. Oh so, man, I
3: thought that's what you were going to
1: no, say. No, no. Actually, when I was looking for a flight, it kept wanting to send me to Portland, Maine. <laughs> so I was like, mm-hmm. you really want that?
3: To- that's how we
2: get
1: <laughs> people to tune out. the show. Well, yeah. Uh, and it was, at, it was at Biamps facility, and, and I've written a, a blog post about, uh, about my experience there if you want to check it out on the website, aviation.tv, But it led me to a, an interesting question that I'm going to pose to you guys here uh, on the show, and that is, how important is it to, for ma- tech managers to go to manufacturer's training? There were 10 of us in this room. It was for Tessera, the Biamps uh, AVB product. Four out of the ten were tech managers. There was two guys there from UNC Wilmington and uh, one person there from from Princeton, and then me from you know some little community college, uh, and we were all learning the same things and, and going through Tesseract and, and you know the you know all the different programming steps and, and all three days of training, and it got me thinking. I, I I thought that it was it was I don't know a lot for a class that size uh, when I went and did the DMCD the DMCE, uh, the, the engineering portion for Crestron's DMC or DM uh, products. I think there was only three or four of us out of a class of, of 15 or 20. So, uh, Ernie, we'll start with you because you said you've already sent one guy to, to BIAMP training. How important is it, yes. not just BIAMP specifically, but, but in general, how important is it for, for tech managers to go through manufacturer's training?
0: Uh, Tim, I think it's, it's very important. Like I said, uh, we have sent someone to the BIAMP school. I've had other people go to uh, programming school uh and we're looking at the uh, DM school that you spoke about uh, to get our people updated to keep them current. Uh, we're trying to do more and more in-house trying to save the university money. Uh, it doesn't take too many system upgrades or repairs uh, being done in-house to pay for what we would have spent uh, you know on bringing an integrator in to, uh, troubleshoot and repair. If we can do it all in house, we can do the reprogramming. Uh, we're saving the university money, being you know more frugal there. And if I have, if I continue to get the same amount of funding, which I have, I can put more of it towards the equipment in the classrooms uh, than I was putting towards maintenance. If I'm able to have my own people do the maintenance, so mm-hmm. I think it's very important for, especially for the programmable devices. Uh, such as the bi-amps and Crestron equipment gear like that.
1: Because you can do that in-house as opposed to... We do it in-house as opposed to hiring an integrator. Yeah. Uh, Greg, you actually spent last week in, in training as well. So, um, I did. How uh, how important do you think it is? I I spent last week at
2: uh, Crestron training. 101, the first of the three training classes. Oh, wow. And boy, If you if you ever want to come back from a class feeling like some sort of rock who doesn't know anything and <laughs> can't type on their laptop fast enough and didn't follow half of those speed keys and didn't know what in the hell they were talking about for about half the class that's a good place to start um, they they say a lot of people were repl- were um, go back and and take 101 over again and I will probably do that that was a uh, An interesting experience, but um, I'm a I'm a fan of training, and um, I I think I was thinking about it. I think that was the first time, at least in my immediate group or two, where somebody really went out of house for training in many many years. I mean, except for maybe like the the Extron classes are the closest thing, Mm -hmm. but but they're they're free and or almost free and and online. Um, I, 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 I'm, much the, I'm very much the advocate of, hey, you know, get get people tra- get people exposed to things. Send them out, you know, send them out to things, send them out to training, send them out to whatever you can find. But I'm kind of, I often feel as like the the, the crazy voice in the wilderness a lot of times around here because it's not something we tend to do. And I was a little surprised when they decided to let me to go to this last week just out of curiosity which one did you go there local or did you go to jersey I would, I would oh yeah like i like they're gonna send any of us to jersey know. uh no cyprus it's okay. actually closer to my house than uh than this this fine office is oh wow okay
1: all right mr tyner how uh how important is it for for guys like us to to go th- to manufacturers training
3: yeah it's like the other guy said i think it's it is uh very important i think the the challenge you come up to is it's the manufacturer training right yeah. why why should we pay to go and have something sold to us you know and and i think that the manufacturers get that it, it's rare i've never been to a training where i've had to pay for everything yeah. you know usually the, the training's free oftentimes they'll give you food maybe you just got to get yourself there uh, but what I think you learn when you've been there a few times is, yeah, of course they're gonna try and sell you on something, and usually it's a half day or so they spend on trying to sell you their product. But you learn stuff um, that's not that's not always related to uh, the manufacturer. I think of my Crestron DMCE training, where we just learned a lot about HDMI and DisplayPort and um, you know issues like that. So I think it's it's really critical and. Um, I think it's an inexpensive way of of getting some just general industry training
1: yeah absolutely and we uh, i mentioned this in, in my blog post one of the classmates not even the instructor we were talking about avb and they mentioned the fact that there is a quote unquote secret patch that you can get from cisco to turn some of their newer uh switches into avb switches now the guy did preface it saying you have to know somebody at Cisco and you have to know about this patch and and ask them about it and and apparently but apparently it's it's just a firmware update. Um, so folks who are proponents of AVB uh, would should be excited about that because if Cisco is that close to pushing out AVB actual switches, you know that's a cool thing. But yeah, again, it was it had nothing to do with with buyup really.
2: I'll, I'll get excited about AVB when it actually becomes AVB and not just AB.
1: Yeah, me too. Although they did, they did have Barco did have video this year. So there, there's some people making some efforts, but yeah. you know that's <laughs> it. Yeah, yeah. In, insert smart-ass insert smart ass from here. Insert yeah. And I, I, I'm I'm the same with you. There's a, there's a lot you're pushing there when it comes to video. So all right, this guys. Is true. Yeah, it, it is. You know. Um, last but not least, uh, question is this: What do you want? For Christmas uh, from manufacturers, and I'll even put integrators in there, uh, because let's not forget this 2013 was the year that Mr. Greg Brown ripped into every integrator known to man on a couple of infamous Infocom uh, blog posts. So, Mr. Brown, we'll start with you. Uh, manufacturer or integrator, either one. What would you like for Christmas, sir?
2: I'd, I'd like a little bit more time so I can finish the follow-up to those articles. <laughs> well,
1: you guys <laughs> and, are closed few, down for and, two weeks. Can I take it then?
2: And 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 a few more. Uh, yeah, yeah. Actually, that's that's largely what I will be doing over my my Christmas is is catching up on some writing. Um, what do I um? Do I have to choose from the list here? No, I, no, no. I, no. I'm, oh, I you know I'm. Um because I was looking at the list and I'm 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 no, I'm I'm not a tech guy in, in, in the off hours. I'm looking at a mortising machine actually. But um um,
1: um the uh, <laughs> Well let, let me give you let me give you an example to, to kick it off with. I guess I should do that. Yes. I, I'm looking for manufacturers in general. Uh, This could be Extron, Aurora, AMX, Crestron, whoever. Uh, And not just control companies, but uh, easier and sexier mobile apps uh, and ones that maybe can work together um, a little bit more seamlessly. Um, You know, give me something that I can control, you know, a little bit better and don't charge me 200 bucks for it. So. That that's what I want for Christmas.
2: Okay, I've, I've I've got one, and it sort of goes back to what we just mentioned here. You know, with the the AVB, you know, we do have HD base T,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and um, the you know sending stuff over over cat cables and whatnot. And it, is it me or does none of that stuff play well with one another if you buy things from multiple manufacturers? Um, I mean, I am just keep stumbling over things here with various systems where if I mix, you know, the digital switcher with the, the company that's making the extenders, they don't like to talk to one another or they talk to each other intermittently, stuff like that. I, you know, they, they talk about this. Uh, who is it that has the,
1: the plug fest? Uh, is that well, um, H, the HDMI consortium has a plug fest?
2: Is, is that who's doing that? You know, I would, I would love to see something like that start to take hold where where people are kind of held accountable for this sort of mm-hmm. stuff. It seems like there's a lot of people in, in this the, the new digital end where everybody's doing things subtly different and they, they don't play well together. That's something I'd really love to see us clean up.
1: Okay. Hey, uh, Mr. Tyner, what would you like to see for, for Christmas uh, from either a manufacturer or integrators?
3: Uh, so first of all, I, it's not pick on Greg Day. I realize this, but Greg, do you do we, you realize we've, all, that,
2: we've already had those days in the past?
3: Do you realize that there's a plant growing out of your file cabinet?
2: No, there's a plant on top
1: of my pot. Oh, okay. Yeah, right. No, it looks like it's growing out, yeah. There's there's a pot behind the stack of things. I can't see the pot. All I can see okay. is like a vine.
3: <laughs> exactly. I just didn't know if things had gotten a little out of control. So, okay, I'll get back to the question. And I'm going to go completely off. And I, I, I unlike Greg, who says he, he's not uh, a tech guy outside, um,. I, 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 like to, on TV. I like to separate my, my play and my work. So I'm going to tell you two things I want to play with um, outside. My son is a rookie that he wants to play the PlayStation. So I need to get with the game. I want to the PlayStation. The other is your list would be battery we have the iPhone that'll recharge it, uh, because in the summertime, which is three months here in Maine, I love playing golf, and I use an app on my um, on my iPhone to to uh, as a as a Sky Caddy type thing, and it always dies by the time I reach about the 17th hole. So those are my two my two things that either anybody here, you guys can split it, throw in together, however you want to do it. Those are the two things I want for Christmas.
1: Actually, Scott, we're gonna buy you a better internet connection because you dropped. off <laughs>
3: For the first half of that, oh no!
1: <laughs> I, I heard the iPhones. It wasn't just me. Yeah, no, no. We it know wasn't you, you like to play golf. Yeah, you know we know you like <laughs> that, to play golf. That was golf. about the time you came back. What was the first one?
3: The the first one was my son and I are are getting into video games lately, and okay. so I want a PlayStation Four.
1: Okay, yeah, excellent. Uh, Ernie, what uh, what what is it that you would like uh, sent to Arkansas? Okay. Uh, you chose
0: or took the first thing off my list. Okay. Uh as far as the uh better apps for our mobile devices for controlling our systems. Uh and I think and on top of that, better ways to talk for the devices to talk over the network. Okay. Uh you know, we, we purchased a new uh little live audio mixing board that has a network port on the back of it. Well, there's no way to change the IP address that comes built in the device, and we called. And after a heated discussion with the manufacturer, they said we didn't mean for you to put this on a network. You're supposed to hook up your own uh, wireless router to it, and then you can talk to it from a uh, another wireless device. But you what? can't talk to it over the network. Oh, that's freaking. Useful. Why? Oh, yeah. Why? Why do you? Why do you put the word "net" underneath it <laughs> <laughs> on the underneath the? Uh, rj-45 connector on the base of it uh... so as the marketing you know,
2: guys told them to
0: yeah well here's the deal i put a spec in the bid that i put out that the sound system had to be on the network uh... so we could run it you know preferably from uh, a wireless device you know we've got an ipad app for it but also be able to maybe see it remotely uh... Mm-hmm. from our command center and operate it and that's what we had asked for and all the documentation
1: reads like you've got that but you go to hook it up no you can't do that so let me ask you a question real quick does that mean that 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 bore then officially doesn't make spec and you get to send it back
0: uh we had already approved it oh. uh, based on it but i mean we're making it work the way we pretty much want it to we can control it with the ipad uh or we can run it standalone in the room. And it has a lot of additional features that we didn't ask for. So it's not something we're really going to complain about. But if I look at putting another one in, uh, I want to have a much more serious look at what we're putting in. Yeah, Make
1: sure that you can change the IP address of the the device. I know a few years ago uh, when Sanyo was still making uh, projectors, when Sanyo was still in business for that matter, uh, they had a habit of dropping off the network, um, just randomly dropping Oops. off the network. And uh, a buddy of mine who was an integrator in St. Louis had to take actually took um, was a TS1 uh, from or is it ST1? TS the the little Extron boxes uh, that had a, a network port and RJ and a, a, a DB9 coming out of it, two thirty two, to keep the to keep the the Sanyo's on on the network. So yeah, network devices can be tricky. Uh, all right, guys, that's going to do it uh, for for this month's episode of uh, of EdTech. Thank you so much for joining us uh, with this, as always, uh, Mr. Scott Tyner from Bates College. Thank you, sir.
3: Thank you for having me once again.
1: Uh, where can people find you and or your lovely writings for Ray Pubs?
3: Well, you know, I do my uh, my two columns every month for Ray Pubs, and then every now and again, when I'm inspired, I write a blog for them. Uh, I'm also on Twitter and LinkedIn. Feel free to hook up with me at either of those places. Mm-hmm.
1: Also with us is Greg Brown from UCLA and our uh, our vaulted leader of the Technology Managers Council. Thank you, sir.
2: Thank you. Anytime. And where Always can people find you? Uh, here and LinkedIn and um, Infocom All Voices blogs. Yeah.
1: When you get time to to write them. So.
2: Yeah, I was going to say two two a month. Wow, <laughs> that's
1: <laughs> that's. And he doesn't have a plant growing out of his, his filing cabinet, so... So right, like
2: I, I, I think the joke we made last week after we went offline was that we we should have said that the the joke was that all of Scott boxed up all of his stuff and sent it to my office before, he, before <laughs> yeah. he went offline
1: in, because... in in the in the four weeks since we've last gone on I think Scott's gotten one book and it looks like a cup of coffee I'm not quite yes. sure what it is. yeah that's, <laughs> we're getting there right. yeah, you know, the
2: slogan the a clean desk is a sign of a sick mind and and my desk is actually back behind those racks i can it it's it's <laughs> been a few months since i've been able to sit at it nice
1: all right uh, last but not least ernie thank they you so much for joining
2: sure they keep taking shop space away from me
1: i know uh, ernie, ernie is from the university of arkansas uh, where can people find you sir uh, you can find me on linkedin
0: and i'm usually also hanging out uh, at the infocom uh, listserv always always tracking that and uh av1 as well
1: okay very good uh my name is is tim albright uh if you'd like to follow me it's on twitter and all that jazz it's at td tim david albright uh but more importantly for me and everybody here at Aviation, nation go by the website if you would please avnation.tv avnation.tv uh we actually have uh, one more official live AB week for the year um We'll do a best of the week of Christmas, and then uh, we'll have our year-end year preview uh, towards the end of the month. So we'll go by the website avianation.tv, avianation.tv. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks so much for watching. This has been EdTech.